You are now in the summit. Hello, hello, and welcome to In the Salmon. We are up to Season 3, Episode 4, Nuan. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, to all the listeners out there, you might have heard a different intro. Nuan, what did you think <laughs> of that intro, Nuan? Oh, dude, I'll tell you what, it's, it's really, really good. I really rate it. Um, I like how it just starts <laughs> off by saying, you are now in the salmon. And just like, <laughs> it's like full serious at that point. So, um, no, great work with that, man. I'll, we'll definitely be using that intro going forward. It's very unique, very, very clever, very creative. And it's got that That's nice right. cricket. It's got that nice cricket vibe to it as well. A bit of, bit of cheering crowds and uh, a couple of, you know, a couple of sixes being hit and that's what you love to see. But, um, but no, great exactly stuff, right. great stuff. It's always good to keep things moving. But uh, yeah, we're back for another, back for another episode. That's exactly right. Yeah, I uh, thought I might just um, I sort of like you know we're, we're three seasons in now. I thought we might change things up with the uh, with the opening intro. So oh yeah, spend a bit of time on that. So it's good good to hear Absolute. feedback. New one, appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, let's get things started. So mm-hmm. obviously we've got a lot of cricket to catch up on. Yeah. Um, those of you playing along, we were super invested in the Australian India cricket oh, tour. Yeah. Um, the uh, what is it? The Border Gavaskar um, trophy. Trophy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of right now, live scenes. India's just won the second test. Yeah. Um, and in saying that, they've won, actually retained. Or did they retain? Did they have it? Like they have. They, no, they've retained the Border Gavaskar trophy. So uh, they've held. They've held. They've held onto it for now more than five years. Um, you yes. know, because if you think about it, the last time the last time India Australia was back in two thousand twenty. And India mm. won that series, and then before mm. that was 2018, and India won that series. So mm. if there's if there's one Test series that Australia is struggling at right now, it's certainly the Border Gavaskar Trophy. So uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, definitely hot indeed. No one. There was a couple of things that we wanted to talk about previous to uh, mm. I guess sort of the, the Test series. Mm. Um, one revelation, and I guess sort of one person that I was quite skeptical on mm. uh, were the likes of Young Todd Murphy. Now I think um, <laughs> in a previous episode. Um, Mitch, Mitchy, uh, one of your yeah. special guests, had come up and brought him up, and you and you both seemed to back him. I was a bit skeptical, I admit, yeah. Yeah. just because he was quite raw and he hadn't seen a lot of international cricket. But mm. I had to bite my tongue, as it turns out, in the first test. What a revelation! <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely tore it up. Actually, yeah. made Nathan Lyon look second class, and he that's did. not an easy thing to do. No. Um, did you not. expect him to perform that well, or what, well, what, do, what do you think? I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't expect him to get seven wickets in his in his debut game. You know, he's he's only a young bloke. He's only twenty two years old. Um, mm-hmm. He's from country Victoria, so you know he's grown up on pitches that don't necessarily suit spin bowling as well. So um, mm. he would have he would have been coached uh, to a different style of bowling. Um, yep. But I think what stood out for this young kid is the is how well he adjusted to bowling on Indian conditions, and and that's where Lyon sort of Nathan Lyon sort of uh, faltered because. You know, Nathan Lyon was bowling spin as though he was bowling on an Australian pitch, right? Um, yeah. To demonstrate why Lyon, Nathan Lyon was not successful on, in the first test, um, mm-hmm. I brought, I brought, I've got a prop here. I've got my... Um, oh, here's I've, one I prepared earlier. Let's see. Yeah, here's one I prepared earlier. I've got, <laughs> I've got a cricket ball here. So when this hopefully... For anyone listening in, for anyone um, watching this, he, he, what Nathan Lyon did wrong in the first test is this, right? When you bowl spin in India, right? They there's a, a a tactic or the style of bowling called square seam bowling. Whereas, let's say I'm an off spin bowler, my, the seam is sort of like parallel with the crease when you release the ball. That mm. exerts something called side spin. And on Indian pitches where they're really where they're really rough and they're you know they're playing on like dust balls, 
bowling square seam, as they say, is really useful because when the ball hits the, the, the pitch, it, it can either go straight or it'll turn sharply. Mm. Okay. What Nathan Lyon does, he bowls a traditional off spin, which is instead of the, the seam going parallel with the crease, he's got mm. the, slim, uh, the seam tilted at 45 degrees, sort of 44. facing facing the fine leg. So he's yep. bowling up and over the ball. So his finger is going over the ball instead of mm. around the ball. So mm. what that does is he gets less spin, but he gets more bounce. Now, oh, okay. right, he gets more bounce. So the ball comes up at you. Let's see, on the back foot. Now, bounce is, is amazing in Australia because those pitches are suited for that. But on Indian mm. pitches, you rarely get big, big bounce. You get a mm-hmm. lot of that really sharp turn um, that the ball just grips. And when you bowl over, like up and over, we say up and over the ball, up, up the back of the ball, you're mm. not going to get that sort of purchase that you want, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that Lyon sort of did is that he, he kind of bowled to get bounce. So he was bowling a lot slower, tossing it up really high. Um, he was often bowling like a fifth, sixth stump line, right, mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to, the, to the right-hander, batsman. And what that does is that creates a lot of width. And for players like Rohit Sharma or Pujara, even Kohli, they love that. They just rock on the back foot and just cut it. Like, no issues, yeah. no dramas, right? So, Todd Murphy, he really, from what I can see, he really studied the way Jadeja is bowling, the way Ashwin is bowling. And he sort of replicated that. And, you know, why he was successful is because he was very accurate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his economy rate was under three runs and over the whole match, which is, which is amazing for a debut spinner. He didn't get mm-hmm. smashed around much. And... The Indians could sense that. They respected his bowling, right? They were like, they were absolutely smashing Lyon to all parts of the ground. But whenever Todd Murphy was bowling, they just blocked it. You know, they wait for the bad ball and stuff like that. But that's my um, analysis, thanks to this wonderful prop, Mm. (laughs) my cricket ball. But, but, you know, kudos to Todd Murphy. I I think he's worth the investment. He'll have bad days, of course. He'll have days where he performs poorly, but he's young. So heaps Mm -hmm. of time, heaps of time to coach him, train him. He could be a star of the future. In my opinion, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I guess like begs the question: Why, like Nathan Lyon, with the amount of experience that he has, mm. why, why was he doing it? Like, why was he going? Why was he going that degree? way? Yeah. That's that's a good. That's a good question. And the thing is, it's really hard to like as an off spinner. It's hard to adjust from one style to another style. Effectively, you need to turn your wrist as well. So when you bowl, when you bowl up and over the ball, it comes more naturally, right? When, to bowl square seam, you literally have to like your wrist. Your wrist is facing the batsman, so you're bowling, and then like. You're kind of mm. pushing. You're pushing out the ball as opposed to going like over, right? So um, mm. it's a bit. It's a bit of a tricky one to explain, but it's just something that comes with practice. And I guess being young, you know, he's probably open to learning more things. Whereas Nathan Lyon has been bowling for we are 12, 10, 12, 13 years, so he's That's stuck what in I'm a saying, certain though, way. Yeah. What's What's Nathan Lyon's excuse? His entire job is to bowl off spin, and he knows the conditions of India very, quite well. Yeah. I'm. I'm not like. I'm. I'm. a pretty harsh critic when it comes to these things, as you know, no one. Like, of course. I don't. I don't think Nathan Lyon's got any kind of excuse. If, the, no. if what you're saying is the reason why he's bored po- poorly, and I mm. and like obviously, you know, I'm a part-time off him myself in, in mm. subbies. You know what I mean? But <laughs> if what you're saying is correct, there's yeah. not really any excuse that you can give Nathan Lyon. Would you agree? No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, okay. he's like he's he's Australia's best spinner since Shane Warne. You know, there's the numbers. The numbers stated. He has all the experience. Mm. Um, but at the same it's time, you got to... then that, a, that a young bloke just like this, who's, as you said, come out of country Victoria, has come out and just <laughs> and shown Nathan Lyon how to bowl offies, man. Like, mm. who would have thought? It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting one for sure, huh? It is, it is. But it, it goes to show that, you know, Australia can't keep making up these excuses that, that, oh, the pitch turns too much or India's doctoring the pitch. And, you know, we always, <laughs> always, there's always these big complaints about spin. But, like, if you're going to come to that part of the world, you've got to learn to play spin, you know? Um, Simple as that. 
You know, there's there's no ifs and buts about it. Just just, just like when India comes to Australia, they've got to learn how to, to, right? to play on a seeming deck. You know, yeah. I mean, you don't see them whinging and complaining when the no. ball's whizzing past their throat at 150 k's an hour left arm. You know, over the wicket, Mitchell Johnson. Yeah, you know, and in I mean? fact, they won the bloody series as well twice. <laughs> you know? So make it make sense, man. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I did want to talk about the doctoring thing just briefly. Obviously, yeah, 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 that yeah, is yeah. a hot topic. It is. It is. Um, you know, and obviously, like we, we both play cricket in our respective clubs mm. as well. I think that for me, the general notion around the club is it's 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 a it's a normal practice, and I think the term or the phrase "doctoring a pitch" has a lot of negative connotations attached it to it. But all it is is it's just a curator creating a pitch to slightly advantage the home side. Hundred percent. Right? That is always mm. going to be the case, no matter where you go, right? Of course. And it's, when you come home. A home side advantage is a is a is a phrase that has been coined for a reason. Of course, you're playing at home, you should be having been given a, t- a little bit of an advantage. And if you're 100%. going overseas somewhere else, it should be more of a challenge because you're playing in unfamiliar conditions. Hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. Uh, at the yeah. same time, would you would mm. you not play in really hot weather if you're mm. from England because you're it, it's it's at you know it, it's it's just not yeah. right. I don't think. Yeah. What, what do you think? Now look, this whole doctoring a pitch nonsense. Like we we always hear stuff like this coming out of India. The, the truth is, the, 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 I mean, look, the truth is every country prepares a pitch to favor their bowlers, right? Um, That's you right. know, in Sri Lanka, like, you know, the pitch is turning from day two in Galit to, mm-hmm. to favor Murali and Ranganaherath, right? You go to England, there's like green tops for days to suit Broad and Anderson, right? And Anderson, yeah. Um, you know, you go to Pakistan where they're like flat as, like flat <laughs> as a friggin' road. And you know you got the likes of yeah, yeah, like Yunus Khan and Muhammad Yusuf and all these Pakistani players just turning up for fun, right? Everyone, yeah, everyone's going to naturally produce a pitch that favors their home team more. India's Mm -hmm. no different, and in the end, did it make a difference? Did it really make a difference? Like I don't, like I don't think so. I mean, if the pitch is that bad, if the pitch is that horrendous to bat on, then how does India score four hundred in one innings with Rohit Sharma turning up, right? And quite comfortably as well. Yeah. Like Pat Cummins was bowling like like a mm. scared like mm. a debutant, as it looked like. He was bowling yeah. very wayward. And yeah. at that point, you can't even blame the pitch. You yeah. know what I mean? Where are you pitching the ball? Yeah. yeah. You know, for you to blame the pitch, you've got to pitch it on a right and a correct line. Yeah. If you're bowling wayward from the start, there's no real argument there. Yeah. And um, it just goes to show that even the Australian batsmen, they were just playing the wrong line. Yeah. The first four or five batsmen that went out were just playing the wrong line. Mm. Mm. The pitch had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think for me, so, Hasid, it's a it's a very psychological thing. I think if you yeah. look, the really funny thing is, um, in in both those test matches, I think five or six wickets went to the Indian pace bowlers. All right, so the likes of Muhammad Shami and Muhammad Shami Siraj, up. they were carving it up like they were bowling just regular pace, like swinging it, cutting it, seaming it, things that Australians are pretty much used to growing up. Right, so exactly right. So where's the excuse there? I think it's psychological. I think it's purely like in the mind. Um, yep. Because. You know, there are other countries that, come, the countries that come to India and they do well on spinning decks, right? Yeah, I think... Because they've been prepared. They, pre- they yeah. prepare. And on top of that, they have a stronger mentality, which is really unfortunate, I'd like mm. to say, because Australia yeah. have historically been quite a strong, fierce, competitive side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and for them to come here and you see all these media reports talking about doctored pitch and this, that, it comes off as very... And if I can say, it comes off as very soft. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you, know, yeah. you would never ever hear the likes of you know Alan Border himself. We're talking about the Alan Border Gavaska yeah. trophy. You would never hear Alan Border whinging, complain about the pitch. I dare no. say, or even Ricky Ponting for that matter. Mm. And not to say that Pat Cummins did himself, mm. but it just but you know he certainly. I don't think he like sort of defended India to the degree that he might have. You know, no. if he thought it was a fair situation going on. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
look, it, it's it's always like a common hot topic. Like whenever Australia Inder comes up, like there's always this like they they use the they use the excuse of like a she like a a bad pitch to cushion their excuses to why they lost. Oh, it's India. No, it's always hard to win there. It's just India. But no, you can't say that, man. Like you can't say that. If it's hard to play, in, it's hard to play in India. You just say it's hard to play in India because yeah. as you know. India is an absolute fortress and it is yeah. so different to playing in Australia. And if yeah. you don't come prepared and no. if you as a country and as a captain and, a, you know, you know, whatever, you know, co- uh, committee decided mm. this to not mm. play warm-up matches and to be ill-prepared. Yeah. Then you face situations where you get beaten by an innings and you shut, you should not complain about no, it. No, absolutely you not. complain about it. The only time yeah. you can, the only time you can complain is if both sides are playing poorly, right? So if India is also struggling on the same wicket, then yeah, you have, then you have like a, a reason to be like, okay, look, this is actually a really bad pitch because even the home side <laughs> is struggling. Um, exactly. And that, I think that happened in the India Sri Lanka Test series when Sri Lanka came. Like there were some really horrible pitches then. Mm-hmm. Um, both India and Sri Lanka made like less than. 115 both innings and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I but, mean, not, not to say that India's never provo- like shown up like a subpar pitch. It's happened yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, this was not one of those times. No, absolutely not. That's what Absolute, we're saying. Absolutely yeah. not. And I think just going forward, I think the Australians are just try- they need to work on their batting. That the it's not the pitch. It's the it's the mind games. So you know, obviously, um, at the time of this podcast, um, the second test has just concluded and India's won by six wickets. But if you look at Australia's second innings in the second test. What was that shot selection? What what was that? Like, it was just like, it was just sweep city. <laughs> it was just sweep city, you know? And you know what's funny? They're getting out to balls that were not turning. That's that's the thing mm. that happened in India. But everything's just straight. Even um, Mark Wall was saying in the commentary, it was like, India is bowling stump to stump. And mm. Australia is playing these, what he calls, low percentage shots. Right? Um, you know? Uh, that's that's just you know that's just how it is and then when India came out to bat you see the way Rohit Sharma just like just jumps down the wicket you know launches it it. it, you have to exert some kind of confidence if you if you bat and your whole mentality is quite weak and sort of just like you're just battling to survive you're Mm. making things exponentially more difficult than it is if you believe in yourself and you Mm. have the right I guess sort of and it it comes it begs the question if these guys have like consultants and things like that just to like Mm. mentally prepare them as well because Cricket is, especially test cricket, as you know, no one. It's not just a physical thing. It's it's a no, mental. It's, it's mental. A, it's a game of chess, right? It's more yeah. more mental yeah. than anything. Yeah. And if you're not mentally prepared, then good luck to you playing in a, in foreign conditions. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think you talked about um. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. on. I think uh, just to fin- just to wrap up this one. I think um the last time a, 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 another country defeated India at home in a test series was England, back mm. in two thousand and twelve. I think so. It's been more than. It's been more than like a decade, I think, since yeah. um, so that, anyone's... So that's the thing, though. So, that, so that's mm. why the media is so quick to make these claims, like, you know, try, yeah. to, try to paint this picture. But the players mm. and, and, you know, the staff at, at Cricket Australia need to be onto that. Mm. And then shouldn't be swayed by the, his, the, you know, the historical difficulties that teams yeah. have come across coming into India, right? Because if mm. you dwell on that, then good luck to you, man. Like, mm. how are you supposed to believe in yourself when you're talking about the fact that no one's beaten India in over a decade in India? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, like think, Mitchie said it himself, he thought this was one of the strongest teams that Australia's produced, right? <laughs> so if you've exactly. got little Mitchie who is exactly. a sports fan believing in Australia, mm. that needs to be seen all the way up to the top tier. And that's, yeah. how, you, that's how you win these games. Mm. But I think it's good that Australia got defeated like this because it's, it's going to humble them. I think when they came out of the home test summer, they were sky high with confidence and, and rightly yeah. so. And rightly so, but uh, there's given how they've just been just just crashed in a heap. Um, 
it goes to show that they were really just playing test cricket on training wheels, as we mentioned in earlier episodes. That's what I, I mean, I called it, you know? man. And I, and I, you know, like I'm yeah, you did, you did. when it comes to these things. <laughs> yeah, they were going to get a rude awakening. I didn't think it was going to be this rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was almost offended as an as a innocent bystander, Sri Lankan bystander. But, you yeah, know. I know, right? Like, but I mean, um, even, you know, even the likes of Sri Lanka, when Sri Lanka come to India to play test cricket, we, we, we always get absolutely flogged as well. And, yeah. you know, Sri Lanka has similar spinning conditions to India as well. Um, yep. And Australia tried to use that as confidence because they did beat Sri Lanka at home, but then Sri Lanka came back. And so, you know, India is different because it's more the mental side of the thing, the, the game as well. Um, yeah. But they just know how to bond their conditions really well. Like the Indians are so familiar with their conditions. It's, it's amazing, yeah. you know. I mean, India have two of the best all-rounders at the moment in Test oh. cricket. You know, we saw the likes of Ravindra Jadeja oh. took a seven for just now. Right, just and casual. He, Jadeja himself, and yeah. he he can bat like an absolute menace Web as menace, well. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy, dude, and mm. obviously one of the best fielders in the world as well. Mm. He is the absolute pinnacle of what you would call an all rounder in Test cricket. The ultimate. There, he the is ultimate. absolutely a yeah. weapon. Yeah, you know, and then then you got Ravi Chandran Ashwin batting at the other end, coming in at night as a night watchman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, like good luck to you. you they just got outclassed. And, um, you know, what, what, what I wanted to ask you as well was the, the selection. Mm. Very interesting selection. Mm. Um, coming up to the first test, we saw the likes of Travis Head not get chosen. Yeah. I think he was, that was, I think he was fourth in the test. And I was very, very um, <laughs> angry about that myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, Warner was picked. I want to ask you, Warner's had a pretty abysmal record in India prior to this. This series itself... Mm. Um, has further proven that Warner is just not up to par playing in India. He did nah. score a double hundred recently in Australia. Yeah, but um, and no somehow cares. snagged the man of the series. <laughs> no one cares. Which, like... You know, we shan't talk about that because we don't. I actually don't know how that happened. Do you think David Warner's days are numbered? Do you think his uh, his career in S in the Test format is coming to an end? What What, what do you think? Oh, his he days need, looking like he, he needs to go. He needs to go. by he's uh, he has plans to stick around for the twenty twenty four T twenty World Cup. I'm like man. Yep. Like no, not even for T twenty. I think for T twenty is okay, but I think for Test, it's yeah. I think like why 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 is Cricket Australia so obsessed about giving this man so many chances? Like I've never understood it. Like you know that that's a it's a very it's a bit of a more you know I guess a more mm-hmm. uh, an analytical question to ask. But David Warner's always given a lifeline. He's always given opportunity to like present himself. You know, mm. he's useless in India. David Warner is a useless batsman <laughs> in India. And if you look at that way he got out, right? He wasn't even out to pace. Was out to uh, sorry, wasn't even out to speed. Was out to pace. You saw that ball from Mohammed Shami just absolutely cut him in half. It's a good ball though. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not what you, I mean, look, it's not what you want first up. Like, what can you do about it? But like, <laughs> but like he, he's he's a he's a typical flat track bully man. Like, put him on the pitch where he's a bit of, bit, of, bit of movement, bit of spin. He's, he's absolutely done for. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. I mean, look, fair enough. He came on the scene as a T20 specialist, right? David Warner came onto the scene in 2009 as a T20 hitter. And he made he said that he wanted to be a Test match player, right? Yep. He was actually... He's, gonna, he's he done was, very well in Tests. Right, right? He, admirably, yeah. Averages about 45. And, you know, otherwise he would have become like a, like a Chris Lynn kind of player. He would have only been T20s only. Yeah. Um, but he's just got this weird obsession with Cricket Australia to just keep giving David Warner chances as he's going to perform like... Are you tomorrow. talking about in, in the in the test format specifically? Oh yeah, in the test format, like in in test, because like you mm. know, after ball tampering, I thought he'd be done. I thought that was it, you know. Mm. Um, and then he had his supporters, he had his people who were like, "Nah, nah, there's still a bit left in David Warner. He can still play." 
and yeah, mm-hmm. he he he, you know, he performed, and then he made that double time against South Africa. But like, mm-hmm. you need to look at the context of David Warner's innings to see what kind of player he is. Mm-hmm. He averages like under thirty-five or something overseas collectively. He's mm-hmm. woeful. He's woeful in England, abysmal in India. Right? You know, two countries where you typically want to <laughs> perform quite well. Right? Yikes! Yeah. And. He gets he's, he gets these bulk runs in in Australia, which is fair enough, like as most Australian batsmen do. But mm-hmm. you want to at least average above forty, you know, or at least thirty five even to be yeah, respectable. You have, you have to you adjust know? to the conditions. It can't yeah. they can't be such a massive. I mean, in saying that, other players do have like big differences when they go overseas and stuff mm. as well. But I think David Warner in particular, with with the amount of like I guess sort of expectation that he carries on his shoulders, um, especially coming into such a monumental series like this, he just really underperformed, and it's disappointing oh, yeah. to see. Uh, you know, should he play in the T20 World Cup? He probably, he probably will. Um, I think he probably should. There's still a lot that he has to give to cricket. I think he's still got a couple of good years in him, at least in white ball. Um, but in test, his time is probably nigh, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, to go out with after hitting a double hundred recently, there's that been good. absolutely no shame in that. Yeah, so... No. It been, he just it loves been... cricket, though. That's the thing about him. And you can tell he absolutely adores cricket to the point where he will do a Sanajai Suri and play until he's 40 if given the opportunity. <laughs> no, nah, shaking your head. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, obviously everyone everyone plays for their country because they love cricket. That's a very cliche standard reason. But what I'm saying is you've got to go out on a high. I, I, would, I don't want David Warner yeah. to do... I don't want David Warner to do a Sanajai Surya because already David Warner... Already David Warner is one of the most unpopular cricketers in Australia. Let's Let's be real about that, okay? Like, but he's very popular in India. He's Have popular. You seen his in, he's po- oh my god! Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> the Indians absolutely love him. Um, love him. But let's be real, man. There is not a lot of positive news about David Warner. Like whenever you mention David Warner in Australian media, it starts with a groan and oh, okay, yeah, another chance for him. And you know, it's just I guess it's just the kind of character he's he's become. You know, the way his family's always putting him in the media. It's like a. It's like a he's they're like a D-list Harry and Meghan at times, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we don't want attention, we don't want attention. But the next minute, they're like, you know, in the news, give me, all give kind me an interview, give me, yeah, interview. give me an interview. Oh, let me let me tell you why you know it's so hard for me and stuff like that, right? Oh my gosh. So, yeah. you know, he's a very unpopular character. Um, good, obviously a decent player, and he can perform when when the time comes, but. He needs to go. David, I, I actually really like you and I like you really <laughs> bad and stuff. And I was vouching, I was really hoping you'd score runs this series. I think you I did make mention that I thought you would do well. Put it did this way. Did you listen to this? Put it this way. David Warner, the cricketer, the fine player. David Warner, the bloke. Uh, be a few question marks there. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move right along yeah. before uh, we get blacklisted by <laughs> David Warner's wife or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you said it, not me. <laughs> I did say it. I did say it. Yeah. I don't think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. Um, I do. Well, I'm going to wrap up on this uh, Indian Australian Test series. I did yeah. have one quick question for you, and we'll move it right along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah. taking too much time, the one. Yeah. Uh, with Travis Head, um, he did get picked in the second Test. He had a fairly quick forty, I believe. Yeah. Um, and you know, do you think he's? Uh, do you think, like, cause, like, coming into the first test, you know, mm. my question was, what more did Travis Head have to do yeah. to earn a spot in the side? Because yeah. if they were looking at previous performances in India, David Warner's is abysmal, as you said. Let's let's yeah. all agree on that. Yeah. So why not Travis Head get a go when yeah. Travis Head was probably in better form than Warner? Like, Warner yeah. hit a 200, sure, but every, every other innings in that test series was quite poor. Um, mm. Do the 
selection team just not fancy Trevor Set as a whole? Like, what, how many hoops does he have to jump through to be a you know a regular in the in the in the test side? Do you think? I think the the thing that's a, that's a that's a great question. My my answer to that is that, and it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a catch twenty two because when I when mm. I read um I read an Instagram post I read an article that actually broke down the Australian selectors' reasoning for why sure. they why they omitted Travers Head from the first test in India. Yep. <laughs> and and I, had a really, I had a really good laugh at this. And they said, oh, we um, decided not to go with Travers Head in the first test because of his, uh, his poor record in India where he averages like 21 with the bat. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm like, okay, well, what about David Warner? He's been averaging 24, yeah. 25, almost 10 years. he's not a bowling option either. And he's not a bowling option, right? And... Um, uh, you know, that was pretty much it. They're like, oh, we wanted to go with two left-handers. Uh, they wanted to go with the Renshaw or whoever they wanted. And that's why Travis Head was omitted. And I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, with Travis Head, you have a quality batsman. Yes, he hasn't played much in India, but you're only going to get experience by playing in India. You know, mm. it's a classic, exactly, like, exactly. you know. You can't have it both ways, man. It's, it's like, a classic. If, if, you, if you're ranked yeah. fourth in the world... Mm. Do you not care about the rankings? Do they mean exactly. nothing to you? Like, what are the rankings for? Yeah. Because they're current, they're current rankings. Mm. And the other thing is with Travis Head, you get a really good spinner as well. Like, he's, you know, he's still a part-timer, of course, but he's he's bloody accurate. I remember when he was bowling against Chandimal and, and uh, Kusal Mendis in that Sri Lanka series. He was into a big, big turn. Good revs. Um, I think he got like a 3-5. Do you remember that test match? He got like three wickets... Against no, Lanka. yeah, no, he, he did, yeah, yeah, and with like three for like they're very tight. I think less than twenty runs as well. Yeah, and like he, he was just going, ripped through us. He was getting beautiful spin, like he's, really, he's a very really good deep part timer, right? man. Yeah, he's he's a very handy fielder as well. And just because he has has he has his a, a poor record in India, like he's only played a couple of tests there, and yeah. and you know that's why there's that's that's the reasoning behind it, and the fact that they wanted to try some other options. But I'm glad he's in the team. He made some runs. He showed that he is capable. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, we, we all knew he was going to make runs because the way that he scores runs, the way that he accumulates runs, it's very positive cricket. Yeah. It's none of this like backed up into the corner, like glancing mm. it away, this and that. It's yeah. Very attacking. It's very and you need to take it up to the the, the home country, man. You cannot oh, be on the back foot, no. right? You need to play positive strokes, and it's such a you know uh, you know breath of fresh air, I guess, coming mm. in the middle of the order. So it was good to see him at least get hit a forty. Um, but we'll wrap up that series. I do yeah. want to touch on a few other things before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode comes to an end. One, yeah, yeah. Um, we saw recently the uh, the start of the Women's T Twenty World Cup, and we've been chatting this one up for a few episodes yes, now. It's really good yes, to yes. see. Very good. Um, I am very happy to announce, uh, I guess, sort of declare that Sri Lanka beats South Africa in the opening game. Yes, that um, was good. It was a full packed house as well, so it was really good to see the girls come through. Um, I did want to talk about, I guess, sort of women's cricket as a whole. Yeah. We see a lot of, uh, I guess, sort of, a lot of traction coming along, which is absolutely yes. great to see. Mm. And also a lot of under-19 women's, because we, as you know, the under-19 women's T20 World Cup just concluded. Mm. Um, Shafali Verma and the Indian girls uh, took that one home. So, again, congratulations. Mm. We've already congratulated him last episode, but congratulations again. Yeah. Um, we did see a lot of... I guess sort of unearthed gems come through the under nineteen. Mm. Uh, I guess sort of um, the rankings were all the way through yeah. uh, the full size team. One such player, and we don't normally talk about these uh, these Bangladeshi female players, right? Mm, 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 mm. One one young bowler, eighteen mm. years old, uh, Miss Marufa Akhtar, has yeah. absolutely impressed the the daylights out of me. She, yeah, I don't right. know if you've seen her, if you know who she is, absolute wizard. Opening bowler for Bangladesh, only eighteen years old. Mm. is so good and i want to just say sort of like 
what more can we do as like spectators of cricket or cricket lovers as a whole to sort of support these young ladies that have come through the ranks, especially from yeah. associate nations like Bangladesh. Mm. Obviously, we're talking about them now, but what more can the ICC do to sort of shed spotlight on players like this and sort of make cricket, you know, a bigger thing? What, what do you think? I think, look, it's, it starts with obviously incentivizing women's cricket a bit more, and we're seeing that. Um, recently, there was a news report from the Sri Lanka cricket um, that apparently they had tripled the amount yes. that they're paying ladies uh, with their match fees and things like that. Um, Correct. You know, I, I'm sure you want to touch on the women's IPL. That's that's coming up shortly, and there's you know there's big money being handed out um, to ladies mm-hmm. there. Um, but I think you just have to invest more in women's cricket, man. Like you know, cricket cricket was essentially a women's game <laughs> from the beginning. Um, a lot of the rules of cricket were invented by women. The first World Cup was a women's World Cup, so it's a no-brainer that women deserve a bit of a spotlight. Um, but, you know, yeah, ladies like Marufa Akhtar, uh, Inoka Ranawira, um, mm-hmm. there's a lady from South Africa, Marizan Kapp. Um, yep, ex-captain. One, yeah, one of my favourite uh, South African women's players is Sune Luce, um, mm-hmm. brilliant all-rounder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, she's a good player too. Um, yep. You know, Bisma Maruf from Pakistan, I also like her. She's, she's quite talented. You know, she... Mm-hmm. She gave birth, she had a baby daughter, and then less than two months she was bat- opening the batting for Pakistan. Like, how mm. crazy is that? You know, we. I think there was a series with India, and like, yeah. it was really good to see the Indian the women were all taking turns holding her baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was be- beautiful. Yeah. She, um, I think she scored like a 50 or something against India. Then, as soon as she made the 50, she, um, she made like a rocking arm kind of gesture. Oh, really? I think she was like, I think she was dedicating that 50 to her newborn That's baby awesome. daughter. So. So I think we need to really value these things and realize, you know, women are coming a long way. And these women are, like, yeah. exceptional. Um, no, definitely. You know? Um, but yeah, Marufa Akta, there's a couple of girls from Scotland and, and uh, a couple of girls from um, a lot of these sort of up-and-coming countries as well that are really yeah. making a mark. It, it's and they're, all, and they're all, I don't know what's happened recently, but they all, some of them are quite quick. They're bowling 110Ks plus. Yeah. At the age of like 17, 18, 19. Yeah. And we, we yeah. saw like Shafali Verma and Richard Gosh, they both played in the under 19 World Cup mm. uh, just last month. Um, mm. So, And they're probably one of the better players in India. Like Richard mm. Gosh scored, I think she scored like a 40 and, and helped India win last game. Yeah. Um, these, these young girls can play and it's really good because um, I think, I guess, sort of the social norm previously was that like women's cricket and stuff was taboo. But yeah. the beautiful thing now is we're seeing, we're seeing young girls come up and they're, they're actually getting more exposure to the sport itself. And only yeah. then can we see the likes of players, you know, reminiscent of like Ricky Ponting and such mm. and Dulka, who obviously started playing when they were quite young come. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, you know if, you, if you pick up a sport of let's say 23, 24 as a female, it makes, makes it quite hard because when you pick, it usually takes about four or five or six years to pick. And then at that point, you're already 30 and you're a senior player. But if you start playing at like 11, 12, 13, 14, just like little boys do when they play cricket, and then you start peaking at 17, 18, 19, and then you have a 12, 13, year 14, even more if, you're, if you've got the fitness levels yeah. career to make out of that. So I think this is a really, really promising place women's cricket to be. Yeah. I mean, and, and just yeah. touching on, on the Sri Lanka ladies, I was quite proud of this. So they defeated South Africa and they defeated mm-hmm. Bangladesh as well. So they won two matches, um, Correct. Which, is, which is quite good. But obviously they lost to the, the mighty Australian ladies who are quite... Hard to defeat. They are a force. Yeah. But the, I think their last game is against New Zealand. So, um, look, if they can win that one, I think there might be an outside chance for quarterfinals. I'm not sure. Um, it'll be very tough. I think today's a do-or-die game against New Zealand. Um, yeah. So it'll be very, yeah, very right. tough. But even, like, even against Sri Lanka, Marufa Akta, pick of the bowlers, right? Mm. Sri Lanka, mm. 129 for three. 
Um, she took all three wickets, four overs, one made in uh, three for yeah, 23. Wow. So, yeah. and as I said, she's only 18. Um, so very, very, very good. I'm having a look at the table now for the Women's T20 World Cup. And I'll tell you what, mm. Sri Lanka has a very good chance of making it into the uh, <laughs> quarterfinals. So put it this way, New Zealand, won, New, Zealand won, New Zealand have won one game. They've lost two. They're on two points. Sri Lanka's got two games, so they're on four points, right? Mm-hmm. If, Sri Lanka defeats, if Sri Lanka defeats New Zealand, then, New they're, Zealand. Definitely in the, then they're definitely in the quarterfinals. Okay. But if, if New Zealand defeats Sri Lanka, right, uh-huh. Sri Lanka can still get into the quarterfinals, <laughs> okay? Um, but it's going to be a battle of the net run rate at that point. From what oh, I can okay. see, but so at least we need we need to make it close at the very yeah. least is what you're saying tonight. Yeah, but New Zealand's net run rate is a lot worse than ours, so they'll need to okay. beat us by a fair bit to qualify. Okay. So I'll tell you what, Sri Lanka's in a good position. The Sri Lanka women's team is in a good position, and I've been I've been following their journey. They've got some fantastic coaches at the moment. I think um, the former Sri Lanka fast bowler who played in the '80s for Sri Lanka, um, Ramesh Ratnaika. Ratnaika, yeah. His head coach, and um, he's been he's been doing quite a good job with the with the girls there. But uh, it's it's nice to see. I, I I watched the highlights of the Sri Lanka games, and um, there's definitely a lot more passion. There's a lot of there's a lot of enjoyment when these girls play cricket. Uh, they're quite mm-hmm. fearless. They're quite aggressive, and um, it's good. It's good to see. Good culture good. there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look. One thing I want to talk about is what you mentioned it before, Nuan. Um, yeah. Women's IPL. Yeah. Or the WPL, I think it's called. Yeah. Mm, uh, mm. The auction was last week, and mm, um, mm. I was so surprised by some of the prices <laughs> that uh, that were being forked out here. Honestly, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, as um, for those of you guys that are listening, that might be listening from overseas, Dawn and I are both from Australia, and I yeah. think probably about three or four years ago, mm. um, it was really hard for a female to live solely off of playing cricket. Yeah, um, we have. Uh, I think they were paying, getting paid about fifty-five thousand per mm. year. Um, mm. And although that is not like the lowest you'll get paid, it is not. It's not even comparable to what the men men are getting paid. I think yeah. since then their base income has been lifted to about, if I'm not mistaken, about eighty to eighty five thousand, which is very very good. Mm. Um, and you know, at, at that kind of um, income, you know, you can definitely comfortably live um, in Australia. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, yeah, as an athlete. Yeah. Mm. So, and as you said, like I think Sri Lankan women, they previously got two hundred fifty USD per match. Yeah. Um, and it's been lifted to 750, which is huge. That's a, that's a lot. Um, so with the WPL, mm. it was really hard for us to sort of guess as to what these auction amounts are going to go for, right? So mm, I've got a mm, bit mm. of a list here. No surprise as to who was, um, I guess, sort of the most expensive player to get bought. Um, Miss Smriti Mandana, 3.4 oh, yeah. crore. Mm. Um, absolute weapon with the bat. Such an elegant, classy uh, mm-hmm. batter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we can say batswoman. I don't know if that's a coin. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is better. It is better. It, it is better. better. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but really surprising, and I guess sort of in the best way possible, Ash Gardner, Ashley Gardner, all ran from Australia, 3.2 crore, Gujarat yeah. Giants. Mm. Um, I think she is ranked number one all around in the world, but 3.2 crore in AUD, I think it's over 550K. It is, yeah. So absolutely huge. And mm. um, that is a very, very healthy... Uh, paycheck to play in an IPL. Um, yeah. So it's really good to see these amounts of figures get passed around the women's sort of um, mm. arena as well, not just the men's. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think there was, well, I, and this is where I guess sort of there's a bit of controversy or a little bit of, you know, it had me scratching my head a little bit. It's really hard to say how how teams sort of like pick and choose which females they give 
there's because mm. they all have a budget, right? If, you, if mm. you're not aware, you get like a set amount of budget, and you have to buy however many players that you'd like within to buy that, with the budget yeah, provided, within that, right? Mm, exactly, that's fair. Um, so normally, one would assume that you would pick players that are in form and things like that. Mm. And one way to sort of gauge who's in form is you look at the ICC Women's T20 Team of the Year. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess sort of from like a from a from 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 the outside, you would expect because there's only eleven players there yeah. that all eleven players get scooped up. Yeah. in the auction mm. um, and you got players like Sophie Devine and even one Sri Lankan bowler Inoka Ranawira was in yeah. the, uh, the T20 side of the year mm. um, Inoka Ranawira actually didn't get picked up at all which is a little bit disappointing and even Sophie Devine um, she got picked up for peanuts in comparison to Ash Gardner and, yeah that's and so weird else. so yeah. it was quite strange yeah so I'm not really sure I guess sort of the rationale that comes behind it mm. um, it is obviously the first the first of this kind so it'll be interesting to see, I guess, sort of in the years to come, how they sort of allocate their funding. They yeah. obviously have their own sort of motives and plays that yeah. had in mind. But um, do you have any idea as to why, I guess, sort of Sophie Devine, absolutely brilliant all-rounder from New Zealand. One of the yeah. She's actually the captain, by the way, yeah. of the T20 side of the year. Yeah. Um, and she just got the base rate of 50 lakhs, which is, I mean, it's still good money, but it's not it's nowhere near to 3.4 what she's or whatever. W- yeah, what she's worth, yeah. Yeah. I think, do you think the rationale was behind that? I think, let's be real, I think a lot of these investors or companies that are, like the, the franchises that are investing in these women, mm. they probably don't follow women's cricket as closely. This is just my sort of analysis on it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a harsh thing to say. Maybe not as closely it's as a, like... It's a harsher boggly thing to say, yeah. It is a very harsher boggly thing to say. Um, <laughs> I do aspire to be like the great harsher boggly one day. Um, <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I think a lot of these franchises that don't pay attention to women's cricket as closely as men's because with men, you know, it's always there. It's always in your face, especially in a place like India. Um, at the same time, I think you mentioned this off-air as well. And I think there is this sort of... Uh, there is this motivation to just keep the Indian players, like, to, to promote the Indian ladies as opposed to the other people around the world, you know. Um, mm. It's kind of, it, it kind of shows, you know. You look at, for example, the Royal Challenges Bangalore, right? And you've got the likes of Smithy Mandana, that's that's without a question. But, you know, you've got mm. these players like Poonam Kemna, you've got uh, Kormel Zanzad, you've got, you know, all these sort of, like, up-and-coming players that are just, like, in there and you don't know who they are. You've got, like, mm. Renika Singh, Risha Ghosh, fine. Renika Singh is very good. Yeah. Very, very good. I mean, look, I think, I think the way they balance it out, though, is if you look at the Mumbai Indians team, um, uh-huh. Natalie Siverbrunt from England, she almost made the same... She almost was bid the same amount as Smriti Mandana, so she went for 3.2 crore. Which uh, team is this one, sorry, Noah? This is Natalie Siverbrunt from England. So she, she was picked up by the Mumbai Indians. Mumbai Indians, yeah. For okay. 3.2 crore. So I'm reading off this article that you linked me from the Indian Express yep. newspaper. Um so, you know, I think the, there's some sort of balancing act there. Uh, Ashley Gardner also went for 3.2, like you mentioned. Mm, um, huge amount. There is this, there is sort of like this sort of, uh, it's like an exclusive cl- club between Australia, England and, and, and India, <laughs> from what yeah. I can see. I'm very... Uh, like it, yeah. But what, but what fascinates me about this article is the, uh, the number of unsold players. And some yeah. of these... Yeah, right? I, I'm shaking my head as well. Um... You know, to not to see Sunay Luce not get picked, Dan, Danny Wyatt not get picked. Alana um, King, your girl. Yeah, Alana King even, but then you were, told, you were telling me that she's not having a good time in the World Cup, so I don't uh, know. I mean, but like, 
It's hard to say, man. No, she's not having a great time in the World Cup, but she's still a world class leg spinner. And they're very hard to come by. Exactly, exactly. They're very, they're very handy to have. And yeah. like to be unsold means you didn't even get the base level. We're not talking like nobody even wanted to have a sniff of that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's, that's the that's thing. Weird. Danny Wyatt, absolutely great player. Yeah. Mm, Chamari mm. Adapadu, arguably one of the hardest hitters women's cricket has ever seen. Chamari Chamari Adapadu is a, oh, an interesting one because she is such a talented hitter. Right, and this she didn't lady asked for a lot from mem- from memory. She didn't no, ask for like yeah. This this lady's played in the women's big bash for the for the, the Scorch, Renegade, uh, renegades Scorches, and scorches as well. Mm. Like she's got such a she's got such a huge like a good reputation in Australia. She's hit like one hundred and seventy against Australia in Australia. Like yeah, she very, has a very good pedigree. Like very, like it, oh yeah, a very a very very powerful lady, and uh, for her mm. to go for her to go unsold in this Premier League, um, that blow that blows my mind doesn't make any sense yeah you know for for, um, for a long for a long time she was the only good player from sri lanka like yeah i'm not i'm not saying this in a i'm not saying this in a condescending way but sri lanka women's cricket literally only survived because of chamri um you know what i mean like she was literally carrying the whole team on her back i remember those matches and uh no definitely yeah as soon as she was out everyone was the whole team was in shambles and like she was like it's so like interesting, like to be honest, and, I, and I'm just thinking about this now. If we're talking yeah. about someone of a similar caliber, if you mm. look at like the Netherlands back in the day, Ryan Tendiscada was pretty yep. much Chamari Adepadu of Australia of, of Sri Lankan women's right. 100%. Leagues ahead, yeah. leagues ahead. even Brendan Taylor in Zimbabwe was yeah. able to come to and play county cricket very very well. Leagues yep. ahead of everyone else in Zimbabwe. I think. I, think I mean, the, no disrespect to all the other good players, uh, but another yeah, another name that comes to my mind is the the famous John Davison, who used to literally carry Canada on his back. Um, okay. Remember John John Davison? I mean, he he I was born. He he was like going back into early two thousands, but he played yep, for Canada. Sure. He was born born and raised in Australia, but okay. he was like he was like a hard hitting batsman from Canada, and similar to Chumri, just carried yeah. Canada on his back. So yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. Just wanted to add that in there too. But yeah, mm-hmm. continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's what I was saying. Like it, mm. it, it really. It, yeah, as you said, you're right. Probably the investors aren't exactly across these these other players, and obviously yeah. Indian Indian female cricketers are easy to market. So I guess there's a bit of a there is I guess sort of um, inclination to to purchase those players. But and again, yeah. like it, it's it's the first season. We are yeah. very very happy to see these kinds of yeah. Uh, I guess sort of like uh, I was going to say dollar amounts, but rupee yeah. Indian rupee amounts being handed mm. out to these uh, these lovely ladies that are obviously at the very cusp of their sport, their talent, mm. um, in their field. Mm. Um, so yeah, very very interesting times ahead. I am going to be keeping tabs on the WPL yes. for sure. Yeah, and hopefully next season we get a bit more. Um, I guess sort of a spread in terms of uh, players in terms of different countries. Because one thing that we can say without a doubt mm. with the men's IPL is that it's been such a beautiful thing. It's brought lots of countries together. A yes. lot of beautiful friendships have been formed that yes. otherwise would not have been formed through yeah. international players. Right, mm. a lot of coaching. It's always a really, really good thing. Globalization via sport is one of the easiest ways to bring countries together. It is. Um, so hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed, everything's going in the right direction, Nuan. Yeah. Um, with that being said, mm-hmm. we have, uh, I guess, sort of wrapped up everything I wanted to chat about yeah. today. It's been a pretty eventful episode. So, I was going to say, um, lengthier chat today, but not really at all. I think it's a pretty good one. What what to cover? You know, yeah. I mean, the Australian Test series alone with India is is we could talk about that for an entire episode. So I'm glad oh. that we got uh, the women's stuff as well because that's yeah. you know, something we're both passionate about. Did you have yeah, yeah. anything else you want to touch on briefly before we wrap up, Nuan? No, 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 I'm actually keen. I'm actually going to keep a close eye on the the women's T20 World Cup and uh, the remaining Test matches of this Border Gavaskar Trophy. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, when we come back, we'll have 
heaps more to unpack, I guess, and uh, see where it all goes from there. Beautiful. So everyone listening in, uh, we are wrapping up. Please yep. keep an eye out for uh, the podcast, which will be dropping on uh, all your favorite streaming sites. Yes. And do follow us along on our Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. at In The Salmon. Yep. Um, and without further ado, anyone, if you've got nothing else to say, this is going to be us. Have a Goodbye beautiful for- week, everyone. Have Good- a lovely week. Goodbye for now. See ya. <laughs>